river's full of hope. I've got the urge to walk the prairie and chase the antelope. Aspen's gold on snow-capped peaks, the elk call me away. I can't keep my mind on working on this fine September day. I've got Nimrod neurosis, longbows on the brain. I'm an outdoor junkie through and through. You're on. Talk to us, Riley. <laughs> I'm on. <laughs> no, we're just doing a little intro. We just had a had a guy on, Travis Hobbs from Southern Southeastern Idaho, but he's a big Utah yeah. guy. They just outlawed trail cameras, and we were talking about primitive seasons and and traditional archery seasons. And uh, we thought, who better to get on than our El Presidente himself, the president of TAO, <laughs> Mister Riley Savage, yeah. the man who makes it all possible, all these traps. Yep. So. <laughs> Here you are. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. So um, I'm actually at the airport waiting for a flight. Oh, man. Yeah. Where are you going? Uh, Louisville for the Archery Trade Association uh, oh. show. Yeah. Take an archery pass down there to the ATA, huh? Yeah, that's right. Sweet. That'll that's be awesome. cool. Have you gone before? Yeah. The, uh, they canceled it last year, but I went the year before that. Awesome. What's that show like? Uh, it's a lot of compound stuff. So it, I mean, you could spend all day there if you were, I mean, all week there if you were in the compounds, but I, I can take about half a day because I skip 90% of the booths. Yeah. Well, that's cool that you're down there, you know, uh, helping build your business and representing traditional archery and how, mm-hmm. tell us more about archery's past and how that's going. Uh, it's going pretty good. Um, luckily I've got a, <laughs> a, a wife has got a good job because I was able to <laughs> quit my job at the bank and now I do archery pass full time. And man, I'm hoping to, now that we're in 2022, hoping to advertise a bunch more and get that name out there. And, uh, I mean, I've been growing about 20% a year, so I'm hoping to continue that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a business that you uh, picked up from. Tell us a little bit about archery pass. Yeah, so it was started by Dave Dorn in 1980, and he is also the founding member of Traditional Arches of Oregon. Um, he was my godfather. i known him since the day I was born, um, and I bought the business from him in 2014. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, but uh, I've been keeping it going strong. And uh, in fact, his last words to me were, Hey, keep the business going. Like, All right. Well, I guess I better do that. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, and where, where can people find, find you at Riley? Yeah. Um, archerypass.com, uh, is the best place to get a hold of me. And I got phone number and email on the website, but I'm trying to drive as many people to the website as I can. Okay. And you're uh, on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff too, I'd imagine. Uh, y- yes, sir. <laughs> and it's it's yeah. at, at Archery Pass, and uh, Facebook is also our, called Archery Pass. When you're pretty much a full service, I mean, I, I know uh, you go to a lot of the shows on the, or the 3D shoots on the West Coast, and you're a full service traditional archery shop. I mean, you've got everything down to tip protectors for your longbows and reefers. <laughs> that is correct. Yep. Uh, all the way up to the actual longbow if you need it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. So let's go over quick TAO news right now. We have the Western States 
we're hosting it this year. So maybe you could just give a quick rundown of where it's going to be, what it is for uh, our listeners to make sure they get their butt there. And you, you'll be there with your whole shop as usual. Yes, definitely. I will be there with the whole shop. In fact, we just had a Western States planning meeting two days ago. Uh, it is in LaGrande, Oregon this year over Memorial Day weekend. Um, the shoot is, remember it's Memorial Day, so it goes all the way through till Monday. Uh, shooting is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and we ask that people show up as early as Thursday. Right now, that's the plan. Um, it's at the uh, LeGrand, it's the rifle range in LeGrand. It's LeGrand Gun and Rifle Club. I forget what the actual official name is. Um, but no, it's in the the Wallowa Mountains in northeastern Oregon, and it's a beautiful site, and we got a little river running in the background, and it's uh, it's going to be a good shoot this year. Is that the Grand Ron River? Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, Grand Ron River. Yeah, it's beautiful rolling hills, ponderosa pines, elk country. It's gorgeous. Yeah, you, I'd be surprised if you didn't see elk when you were up there. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, we had a great time uh, in Montana. Those guys uh, uh, hosted an awesome event last year, and and uh, we're hoping to, to do the same this year. And Riley is, uh, I don't even know. what Do you sleep, Riley? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Not as much as I'd like to, uh, though. <laughs> yeah, well, this is, you, just always wanting to thank you for all that you do. Uh, you're so involved in, in, in every angle of uh, traditional archery out here in, in Oregon. Really appreciate you. I uh, appreciate the kind words there, James. Thanks. Yeah. Um, you, so yeah, you guys just went, you went with Andy on that, uh, and Clay on the trad hunt, right? And you guys yep. took, you guys took our podcast stuff and we gave explicit <laughs> directions on how to do it and not to screw it up. And we came, you guys came back with nothing. What happened? <laughs> uh, well, talk to Mr. Ponce on that one. I, I honestly didn't know we had the podcast equipment there until like the last day. <laughs> oh, that slacker. I knew it. Andy, you don't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will remind you, though, that two years ago, we took the podcast equipment and got a nice little conversation yeah, with Clay. It was great. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, guess, I guess you have to go back to, to that one and listen. So, Yep, yep. That's a good idea. Well, <laughs> Because it does also talk a little bit about traditional hunts in Oregon and how we're trying to move those forward. Yeah, and, and with mm-hmm. your leadership, we got a few of those this year. Obviously not what we were hoping. We were hoping to save some of these controlled hunts and keep some general seasons but we got some awesome stuff coming up and we're going to start the meetings here soon on the west side of the state for blacktails and roosevelts and they're going to be redoing all that so that should be fun yep it should be fun and we hope to be heavily involved in the decision making process there um attend all the meetings we can and uh try to uh collaborate with the other sport groups as well to I don't want to say get them on our side, but uh, maybe educate them as to the benefits of traditional archery. <laughs> yeah, yep. we we gave her hell last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, have fun at the ATA, uh, uh-huh. and uh, we'll keep in touch, buddy. Like like James said, you know, we appreciate everything. We don't thank you guys enough. You know, our local guys. <laughs> we have this podcast, which we're gonna we're gonna do a few more here. Than we usually do get back on the horn and, and we got a lot of local guys around us that we've been 
gonna get on since we started and we're always like, well, we can, we can get those guys on at this shoot or that meeting or, or a banquet or this. And, and whenever those things come up, we're so damn busy. Everybody's involved and we never have time to sit down. So we just got to start calling them, I guess. And, uh, so we got to get <laughs> yep, back that's- on. That's a good plan. <laughs> you, you got me at a good time just waiting here in the airport. <laughs> Perfect. All right, buddy. Well, break a leg. Have fun. We'll talk at you later. Thanks, Ben. Uh, all right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right. And uh, for everybody listening, we got an awesome podcast here lined up with Travis Hobbs. So Travis is not a trad guy. Are you still there, James? Yep, yep, okay. not a traditional bow hunter, but, uh, uh, seems to be a traditional bow hunter at heart. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he actually hunts with, like he says in the interview, uh, multiple, uh, weapons. Uh, he's an all weapon hunter. Um, I believe he even does long range rifle, uh, hunting as well. You, you know, what else would you, yeah, how else yeah, would you I mean, he, if you guys follow him on Instagram, natural born hunter, he has killed some gagger mule deer i mean incredible so he's very involved hunter he hunts multiple states a year he hunts with whatever weapon and and uh he's not a track guy and i think when when we constantly beat our message over and over and over again on this podcast which you guys that listen know it means something different when it comes from somebody who's looking at looking at it from like the whole whole picture you know Whole season, rifle, muzzleloader, archery, he's just looking at opportunity. And that's our point when we bring it up, but it's, we come across like idiots probably half the time. So it was awesome having a conversation with, with him. Um, there's some stuff. If you guys do follow the stuff going on in the Western states like we do, you know, we've lost a lot of general seasons. Colorado, Idaho's now limiting their non-residents per unit, which they have always had a cap on tags, but it really changed you know, how you hunt each zone and there's tons of, you know, guys that have hunted there forever aren't getting their tags now. I mean, they sell out in no time. I mean, I was click the button and I was number 12,000, you know, it's, it's, you just kind of get thrown in a pool and when you're number 12,000, you're not going to get archery elk tag, you know, just the way yeah. it goes. I mean, even, even Wyoming, when I first started buying preference points in that state, you could, you could hunt their general season through the draw with zero points and now it's three to four points yeah. to get a general season to elk tag in the state of Wyoming. Yeah. Or, so, so, I mean, we're, we we're losing lost, opportunity. Yeah. We're losing opportunity. We lost 16 of our over the counter elk units are now, now controlled. All of our Eastern Oregon mule deer units are controlled. Uh, Arizona is about to lose. They're having meetings right now and they're over the counter stuff. So I want to make sure you guys, We'll probably do a podcast soon on that with those guys again because the public comment periods that I think till the end of January here, it's back open again and they're talking about, you know, what they're going to do down there. They're trying to keep it over the counter, but it's going to be like a quota system. So anyway, there's a lot of, lot of room for improving, you know, what's going on, which is just controlling everything. And we, we talked about it in this podcast a bunch. We won't beat it to death here. But it's very interesting conversation, and and uh, with Utah, they just banned trail cameras used during the season. So basically, July thirty first to December thirty first. Nevada already did that a few years ago. Arizona last year just well, it starts this January. They banned trail cameras the whole year, the whole season. So 
not traditional archery, but it definitely affects, you know, what we have going on and it, and it kind of plays along with what we've been trying to get our audience to understand over the last four years. How long have we been doing this now, James? Four years? Yeah. Four years of doing this podcast. And so, uh, good conversation. Hope you guys enjoy it. Give Travis a follow. Tell him thanks for coming on. Uh, natural born hunter on the Instagram. Enjoy. Yep. And if you guys like this conversation and have any input, uh, feel free to send us a email at tradquestpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear some uh, feedback from you guys. If you guys have any recommendations on uh, some people you'd like us to conversate with uh, on these topics, um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, thanks for supporting the podcast. And like Bob said, enjoy. So let's just get right into it. Um, for you guys listening to the podcast that don't know who Travis Hobbs is, natural born hunter on Instagram. And he is not a trad guy, but he's just one of those guys that every time he posts something, I feel like stepbrothers. Like, did I just make a best friend? <laughs> like, it's just golden. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff going on in Utah right now, especially after yesterday. Everybody's freaking out. Uh, for our listeners that don't know, they implemented a trail cam season similar to Nevada. Last year, they kind of outlawed baiting. And I just wanted to get Travis on and talk kind of what went down in the meeting because I watched some of it. And it, it looked like they might even go a little further. They're talking about putting the hunt back in hunting in, in Utah. So maybe, Travis, you give us a little update on the meeting yesterday. Yeah, man. So I uh, it's, a, it's a really good discussion, and it's been kind of interesting. Um, I grew up in Utah. I, I don't live there anymore. I actually live in Idaho, but I, I grew up in Utah. I still have family and friends. I actually have a little property down there, and, like, so I, I still – care a lot about what's going on down there and over the years it's interesting utah's kind of been i would call it kind of a free-for-all state it was kind of one of the only states that was allowing baiting um like really not had a whole lot of restrictions on a lot of things like it's just kind of been turned loose um it was kind of interesting uh representative from cash valley so that's way up north he's actually um he actually was just south of where i grew up so in a little town down there last year he uh he put a house bill together and tried to run it through the house um i i'm sure some of your listeners probably remember hearing about that but it was like initial he kind of had a restriction um basically it was baiting he was wanting to outlaw baiting and then there was some trail camera restriction stuff in there too um that kind of got the trail camera stuff was really contentious. Um, a lot of people were super upset about it. They were kind of talking about just outlawing cameras. There was some talk about like seasons, kind of like the Nevada season. And it got kind of wild. Well, they've been running this through. So Utah has what's called a regional advisory council. And that there's like five of them in the state. So you got kind of spread out throughout the state. And like, that's where hunters can go and like, share their opinions, thoughts, and the regional advisory councils advise the wildlife board who makes the decisions. Um, and that's made up. So the wildlife board, the government appointed uh, board of people or the governor, sorry, governor appointed. And then the RAC boards, they're kind of the same thing. Like you, they have representation from, Oh man, you name it. Like the forest service has somebody sitting on there. Um, 
different conservation organizations, public at large. Um, there's even like seats for non-consumptive wildlife users. Um, so it's basically similar, everything you can think of. Very similar to Nevada has, they call them CABs, County Advisory Boards. Yep. Uh, yep. And then your wildlife board then is basically the same as our commission appointed by the governor, the, the board, the rack, as you guys call it, kind of bring every, in the division of wildlife, bring their stuff in and the board is who decide, just like our commission is the final decision. Am I correct? Yep. That's right. Okay. And, and yep, that's exactly right. Um, and like on the board, I think there's representatives or like on the commission, um, there's actually representatives like they have to be, you know, it's kind of spread out through the mm-hmm. state. So we don't have like a big representation from just like the big population base, like Salt Lake or, you know, so it's, it's kind of a cool system. It really is. Um, anyway, so they kind of started throwing ideas around the division proposed some things, the division of wildlife proposed some things. Um, there was different thoughts back and forth. They started doing surveys. So they started just randomly selecting license holders and doing surveys asking what people's thoughts were. And one of the interesting things is, is Utah has always been, uh, it has always been like the citizens of Utah want opportunity. They want the ability to hunt on a regular basis. But you get kind of a loud minority of people that are all about, you know, they're wanting better quality. They're wanting, you know, like crazy restrictions. Like basically it's just, so it's kind of a, it divides that community a little bit, if that makes sense. And I think that kind of goes on everywhere yeah. to some extent. But Utah's always kind of, it's definitely been like an opportunity type state. But the way they manage has been kind of the opposite of that, I would argue. Um, for sure. Like, for instance, we're the one of the only states that has rifle seasons right during the rut. You know, I mean, we... <laughs> There, it's just like archery hunters don't even barely get a chance to hunt the rut. It's just yeah. interesting how it, how they work things. So, anyways, as they were going through this stuff, um, there was quite a bit of talk about like emerging technologies and you know things as such as they were talking about thermal imaging stuff, um, trail cameras, and a lot of it was based on transmitting trail cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people were super against it for obvious reasons, I think. Um, anyways, this kind of went through the rack process. A couple of these regional advisory councils ended up suggesting that we do an all-out ban. And they were talking about or an all-out season date, kind of like Nevada. So basically, they were saying during hunting season, no trail cameras, period. Um, that went through two, so two different of these regional advisory councils recommended that to the wildlife board. Um, a few things on that, like it was, there, there was some talk about enforcement, like it's going to be super hard, like, oh, is this a transmitting camera? Is this a non-transmitting camera? Things along those lines. Um, anyway, so the wildlife board started running through this stuff and next thing I know, it goes through, and they basically adopted that idea and passed it yesterday. Um, and that's kind of where a lot of the controversy comes from. It was kind of interesting at the meeting. So this is an open public meeting. Um, anybody can go to it. You can actually still watch it online. Anybody can get on there and watch it. But at the meeting, everybody that got up and talked, every single person was, like, in favor of 
you know, some sort of tech, like limiting technology, trail camera restrictions, not one person showed up like against restrictions. So it's kind of interesting. All these people are so upset, but nobody shows up to these meetings. Yeah. And and especially now, like a lot of these was, they're having zoom options or whatever on a lot of these now is, was that the case? Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I, I just watched yep. the, I wasn't aware of the Utah one, but I've been following the Arizona stuff. We had those guys on before hunting season, you know, they're, uh, knocking back. Yeah. I actually their, listened to that podcast. Yeah. I listened to that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. They're knocking back a bunch of their OTC stuff, but I just, they just had a, and it wasn't the final decision, but it was basically on, you know, there are three ideas that they're going to go forward with. And, and yeah, it's like you can just zoom, sign up and talk for a couple minutes. And I was just astonished. There was like four bow hunters that talked. And then there's like 12 yeah. cat ladies trying to shut down all bear and cougar hunting. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, you guys, why, what are you doing? <laughs> like, uh, blows me yeah. Up. Nobody, it's, yeah, so interesting how hunters, don't want to get involved in like how many of them it's so interesting like you look on like so utah posted a thing on their instagram and it's kind of funny i was reading down through comments and all these people are talking about you know you never give us any opportunity we didn't even know about this meeting like there's even people like saying it was like a closed door meeting it's like no like that is so untrue and like so many people just don't refuse to get involved and I, I don't know. It's just interesting how we end up in these places, but I think for wildlife, it's a big win. I really do. I, I don't know. This whole technology thing, is kind of interesting. Uh, it's become, I don't know. I think more and more people are starting to realize like our opportunities are slowly slipping away. Um, man, like what I've seen, I'm only 35 years old, but what I've seen in just like my recent years, as far as like opportunity, I mean, it wasn't even that long ago and you could hunt the Arizona strip like 13A, 13B. It was over the counter when I got out of high school. So in 04, 05, I think it went till 06, maybe it was 07. Yeah. Um, it was over the counter. And now that same place, I don't think, I think if I have, I mean, I put in for it. I mean, if I had 23 points, max points in Arizona, I don't think I'm even guaranteed the tag, you know? Yeah. Not, in, um, I think it's what, which one is it? 13A or 13B? One of them gives out, I think, two non-resident. The only, the other one only gives out one and yeah. you're in the random. You don't, you don't even have yep, a chance. You're in the random. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. And, and then you start thinking like, I mean, Wyoming, you know, like region G's, arguably the best deer hunting in Wyoming. You, I, when I used to be able to hunt that every year, every other year, and now it takes nine points nine points to hunt something that I used to hunt every single year. And like, I could go on and on like Colorado. It, it, I mean, holy, it, yeah. it blows my way. It blows my mind, uh, Travis, that there's, there's a, uh, a percentage of hunters that think that that's going to create a better hunt for them. They're like, Oh, yep. Control it. Like it's going to be so much better. I'll get to hunt it once in my life. It's going to be so good though. And it's like, really? Like you want to hunt somewhere one time in your life and you think it's going to be so good. Yeah, and I, I don't understand why that is, too, because it's funny that people, I mean, I don't know, it's just so interesting. And I, I don't know if it's everybody's, like, hoping that, man, if it's really limited, that there's going to be all these big bucks roaming around, you know, and it's going to be awesome. But it's it's just not like that. Like, reality, I mean, you take, like, a unit, like, so 
I hate throwing unit numbers out, but like some of these popular ones, like a, like a unit 44 in Colorado, for instance, if you waited until you got a third, fourth season, there's a chance you could go there, spend 20 points, 20 plus go there and get bad weather and not like, and have a horrible hunt. Like I just don't understand where people and why, I, I don't know, like they almost think like, oh, if it takes a bunch of points or if I have to wait a long time, it's going to guarantee me this, this certain size or something along those lines. That's just not the case. Like it, it really isn't. It's just, and yeah. I and, think and where we hunters, lose out too, you know, and part of our big message is, you know, just when we lose all these general hunts, we're losing family traditions, you know, like I, I grew yes, up exactly. in Oregon. I mean, I took my first steps in the desolation unit in 1980. I mean, my family went there every year for years. And now, as of two years ago, the deer hunt is controlled for archery. And now this year, the elk hunt will be controlled for archery. And it's like, yep. it, we didn't need to do that. You know, like, uh, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough spot. And do you know? think, and I think about that all the time. Like, I honestly think if I didn't grow up, like hunting was a, pretty big deal like in my family but it wasn't like it was just kind of more of a recreate like we were big bird hunters and my dad like as far as big game but i think if that opportunity would have been limited or like i i probably would have never grown up in it you know what i mean if i didn't have the opportunity to do that family style hunting and do that kind of thing i probably would have never got into it and it just that's what i think is going to happen over time it's like it, it just starts to affect kids yeah and if and if there's opportunities where we can you know allow you know more hunters in the, and the I think we get a lot of crap of people being like well why why do you want more restrictions and I get that you know I'm not a gov- big government guy and and I we don't want restrictions sure. and restrictions but people we get a lot of comments from guys back east like gosh why do you have a hard time on trail cameras or compounds or this or that and it's like well you guys are you you don't hunt out here you don't know that there's trail cameras everywhere like and some people run some yeah. of these outfitters run hundreds of trail cameras they pay hundreds. high school kids gas money to run them like it's it's yep it is unbelievable you would not believe it and and uh you know it's it's just it's hard for people that haven't seen it to believe it yeah, yeah I you mean, know and there I've was like a ton of <clears throat> go ahead sorry Oh, I was just going to say, it's just not sustainable. There's not enough, uh, bucks and bulls, uh, to go around, uh, for the amount of people that are hunting. And it's like they want to keep pretending like there's room for advancement in technology, advancement in uh, hunter numbers for, uh, everyone to, uh, to jump in and, and fill their tags. And the reality is, is that's, that that is uh that ship sailed a long time ago there's it's yep, not sustainable sure. yep and, and i mean that. that's the thing is like everybody demanding technology like it's so funny how some of these guys dig their heels in like and I, i'll be honest i love running trail cameras like it's one of my favorite things to do like in the summer i love it passes the time like i love yeah. to do it yeah. and it sucks like it really does it's going to change like in Utah, when I hunt down there, it's like, it's going to change a lot for me, but like, I'm totally for it. Like, I just see the, and I mean, when it comes to all the stuff, like everybody's so upset about 
taken away this, like everybody dig the, digs their hills into something, whether it's like, you know, Oh, you know, like long range hunting or whatever, but it's all these things. And there's just this, like, there's just this effect that it just keeps building and building. And we get just a little better every year. You know, I was, it was like a year ago. I was helping this kid. He's brand new to archery. And I was just shooting the shit with him, telling him about like yardage cuts and estimating ranges. And and it occurred to me, like I was telling him, I was like, man, when I learned to, to bow hunt, when I was a kid, there was no range finders. And like, I think honestly, I think he thinks I was like full of shit. And that was like in the nineties, I'm 35 years old. I'm not even that old. And when I grew up, there was no range finders. And if there was, I didn't know anybody at our local range or anywhere around that had one. Yeah. And like how fast that's happened. Like if we really start thinking about like the waves of how things have changed, it's mind blowing. I mean, and, crazy stuff. And most, and most of these, uh, Western States, you know, like they just let it go for the last 30 yep. years. And it's gotten to a point where, now they're having to start making some of these changes and people just freak out. But it's, I mean, like you said, when I was a kid, my dad, like he was the guy that killed deer regularly. It's because he could guess yardage better than anybody yep. in the family. You know, like he just, yep. if you used to be off three yards, three or four yards at, you know, 35 yards, like you missed, like it was that simple. Yep. You missed if you're yeah, off three or four for yards. Sure. Like, it's crazy now that you know, it's kids, like you said, kids don't even believe you when you tell them that. And, and I'd also like to reiterate that, like, we're constantly beating this drum, but it's like we, I'm not mad at the guys using rangefinders and trail cameras and and long range rifles. I'm not like it's not a personal like, oh, I want to separate hunting and I want to uh, get mad at these guys for doing this. If if, if if I was to place my anger anywhere, it's, it's with the department, it's with the hunting industry to allow it to get this far to where now we have to uh, pull the reins back and reevaluate, you know, what's, what's uh, going to be sustainable moving forward. It's, it's not like we're mad at other hunters. Um, we all need to, as a whole, need to take a look at, you know, what, uh, you know, what, like I keep saying, what's sustainable, to the animal populations that we're hunting and, and have opportunity. I know that the three of us want to go hunting. Um, we don't want to sit around on the bench waiting to get a tag someday. Yep. Yeah. And that's, sure. that's exactly right. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more, man. And like some of these guys, I really think instead of taking offense, like I am a, like I am a multiple weapon hunter. I do it all the time. I do it all. I've, I honestly, I dabble in everything. I mean, but some of these guys, like, and I'm willing, like, if if it makes, you know, I, I think I put it in my post today. I said, the harder hunting is, the greater the quality and the opportunity. And to me, like, anything we can do to limit some stuff as a whole, like, maybe we all agree on it. Like, let's limit, you know, whatever it is. Like, I'm open to whatever. And to make opportunity, quality, like, everything can improve. And I, I just think, how cool would that be? How cool would it be if we could have family style hunting camps again and everybody could go, but right now it's just, it's not sustainable. Not how good we are. We are so efficient. We are so good at killing animals now. Like it's, it's yeah. not even fair. Yeah. So, yeah. And 
and just a little, just to speak a little bit more on the trail cams, I know I've hunted Nevada several times, you know, in the last, I think they did it three or four years ago. And, you know, these guys that say, well, it doesn't make a difference on success. And I mean, that's, I, I, I have personally, well, my, you know, with my brother, like we have killed elk that we would not have killed if we didn't have trail cameras out. So you can't, you can't tell me that because I've, you know, I've done it along with a million other people, but I know like in Nevada, when these guys, a, a lot of these desert areas, guys sit water, guys sit water. And when they don't have a picture of an animal coming in, even if it's after dark every night, then they, you know, it gives them that confidence to say like, well, tomorrow night he might slip up. He might slip up. I mean, guys used to sit these water holes for the whole season. Now, after three or four days, most people are done. They're not sitting water holes anymore. Dude, you, so you can roll into you can roll into on. these water yep. holes and hunt them for the night if you want to. It's it's awesome. <laughs> yep, dude, that is so spot yeah. on. And like every that's I've had that argument too. A lot of people are like, "Well, trail cameras don't kill anything," and I'm like, "Well, yeah, they don't kill anything per se, but it's all pieces of the puzzle." And like, once you get enough pieces of the puzzle put together and you start figuring it out and maybe there was like this one giant piece that you're like, man, I wonder where this deer's watering or I wonder how he's getting in here. And if like you get a trail camera picture of that deer and you figure out like one vital piece of information that can still his death. I mean, that can kill that deer. I mean, I have seen it. I have done it personally. And like you said, the whole thing about wondering, you know, the hardest part, in my opinion, about like trying to target a specific buck or, you know, or a bull or whatever, is like if you're sitting there hunting and you really don't know, you say he goes, yeah, five days and you haven't seen him, the average guy, it's pretty tough without like getting some sort of confirmation, pretty tough to hang in there and do it. And that's the thing is that kills I know multiple deer that have died at that, just that manner that they were able to get pictures of him at night. They know he's there. And so they just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. And eventually they, they kill him. Well, in my yeah. opinion, yeah, that was sure. the trail camera, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have friends with traditional hunting with traditional bows running obscene amount of cameras and they get the nighttime picture. They, they have a video, nighttime video. They see what direction it's yep. coming from. They keep making adjustments and moving those cameras until they start to get daylight videos of them. And then, and then they, they've got them pinned. Um, and then with the advancement exactly. of the cellular camera, they're like, Oh, he's hitting the scrape right now. Uh, he probably will <laughs> yep. tomorrow or the next day. Like they, it takes all of, uh, you know, all the thought process out of it. They're like the cameras is, and I, I get how addicting that could be. And well, you know you can and make we're the at a point excuses. Now where we're we're also at a point where, like, you can't blame guys. Like, it's getting tough out there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. If you don't have a side by side to cover ground in Nevada, you are way behind the ball game. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it is just the way it goes. And you know, if if we level the playing field for everybody, that's great. You know, like it's it's hard to be the guy that's like, well, I'm not going to use a trail camera. I'm not going to use a ATV. I'm not going to do this when. You got guys ripping by you every day. It's like, gosh dang. You know, that's exactly it's, right. It's a, uh, it's like you said, it makes for great conversation for hunters to have to kind of reevaluate and say like, you know, how could we make this better? And that's kind of the point of what we talk about with bow hunting, you know, like on this podcast, obviously anybody that listens knows. Um, 
But on, on, I want to kind of get on, I know when that bill was out last year, um, that putting the hunt back and hunting kind of slogan came up and I heard him talk about that today at that, or yesterday, I guess, at that meeting, the parts that I watched too. Yeah. Maybe you could explain that a little bit and what they were talking about there. Yeah. So there's been kind of some talk about this. Um, you know, I actually brought that up years ago at a wildlife board meeting. I think that was the exact words I used was like, need to start putting the hunt back and hunting. And it was kind of in regards to, we were taught, they were basically talking about rifle, um, these limited entry elk seasons. And I, I, I really, it's hard for me to, the, the fact that Utah has these limited entry, um, rifle elk seasons in the prime part of the rut. Um, you know, and, the and you're a rifle hunter, right? Like, yes, you, you do yes, a lot of your yep, hunting. I, with the all yeah. weapons. Yep. All weapons. Yes. Yep. I have muzzleloader hunt, archery hunt, and rifle hunt. But, but I mean, for me, that's really, it's a tough pill to swallow because I'm sitting there thinking like, well, for instance, I have 23 elk points in Utah. How stupid is that? Like, how yeah. dumb is that? That I have 23 elk points and I'm not like the biggest elk hunter. I kind of, I'm a, I'm a mule deer guy. I really am. And I kind of focus there, but how crazy is that? 23 elk points. And some of these guys, they, they are so upset. Like if they don't kill a 340, 350 bull in Utah, they are beyond upset. Like that's a bad hunt for them. And I'm like, guys, that is such a, that is a world-class elk. Like, honestly, it's awesome. And it's just funny, but the demanding of like, we need to have like, why not? If we kick that season, for instance, if we kick that season to October 1st, like a lot of states do, or maybe the 10th of October would even be better. Just get it out of the rut a little bit. Do you know how many more tags we could issue every year? Like, do you know how many more bowls would slip through the cracks and probably get even a little bigger? It's just, and like, let archery hunters have it or let muzzleloader hunters have it, maybe split it up. But that was kind of one of the things. And what we were proposing back then was kind of to mix it up. So we have all these limited entry units, like why do they all have to be the same? And one cool thing that Utah did um, two years, let's see, this is the first year of it actually. So this, this last hunting season was the first year of it, but they implemented a hunt called the hams hunt. Now you guys might've heard of that in Arizona. So it was kind of similar. It was a handgun, archery muzzleloader or shotgun and the muzzleloader has to be a traditional type muzzleloader like no scope um i think that was the restriction i think there might be a couple other things but basically a couple hundred yep a couple hundred yard weapon i mean no more than you know well they implemented this on a couple poor units that are in utah that are not great they haven't typically been great elk units well i happen to be on one of them this year kind of at after the hunt was all over the elk season was over and i could not believe the bulls that survived like it was amazing and they were able to give way more tags because uh, i mean success i heard it was success rate was like in the toilet um it's just super hard and so i'm super glad to see them messing around with this stuff and i think that was one of the things that kind of come up was like this hams hunt. I, I honestly think you're going to see that unit. And I, I wish more states would do this, like take a, take a unit and maybe make it like a total traditional across the board. Maybe you say it's got to be like traditional archery, traditional rifle. I don't know how we define that, but I would yeah, definitely say, sights. you know, it's yeah. yeah. Iron sights. 
same thing with like a muzzle loader, like yeah. have these seasons. Yeah. And how, how cool would that be? And honestly, can you imagine the quality of, I mean, you would probably see bigger bucks, bigger bulls. You would be able to issue way more tags. I, it's just, it's one of those yeah. things that I'm like, that's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. To me, I, I just think, and I don't know why more states, and, and then we talk about revenue. And, you know, and some guys get super upset about revenue. And it's like, but at the end of the day, the state does have to sell a certain amount of tags. Like, yeah. we have to pay for all this. And when we keep limiting opportunity, it, it, it does start to affect those budgets and price goes up. And it's like, the state could still issue a bunch of tags. They could still get revenue. Opportunity would be there, for, especially for young hunters. Like I'm, I'm so adamant about that. I think yeah. it's got to be, there's got to be opportunity for, especially the young hunters. Everybody though, there really needs to be. Yeah. I just think if we started looking at ideas like that, and that's what I'm hoping. And it kind of sounds like Utah's kind of willing to. They're they're looking at some of this stuff, like you know, with that introduction of the hams hunts. They've got some other, I've heard some other talk, like they were maybe talking about maybe taking a few of the deer units that weren't doing good, um, maybe try and implement something like that. And I hope, I really hope that that's the case and we kind of go more things like that. And, and I don't know if it needs to be statewide, but I think why not pick a couple units? Let's just try this. Let's give this yeah. a shot and see if it works, you know? Well, like, like for us, I know... We tried that. I mean, I tried that specifically last year. We just lost 16 of our, you know, basically our good elk units in Eastern Oregon all went controlled for archery. And, and I tried so hard and all those sport group leaders meetings, commission meetings, we, you know, we all tried. TAO tried to get them to, I mean, they could have taken several of those units. And I, at the beginning, I was trying to like, I blocked out three units. I'm like, take these three units, leave them general season with the rest of the state and just make them primitive weapons. Like they, they could have done that. They could have saved yeah. three general season units, but you get in these meetings with, with the Oregon bow hunters association, hunter, you know, OHA, like all these sport yep. groups and the man, they just get real. Yeah. yeah Everybody you know, digs their heels in. Yeah. And it's like, come on you guys really like so so for me growing up like i used a compound you know i always wanted like the goal is traditional for me for for whatever yeah. reason you know fred bear paul schaefer whoever i looked up to when i was a little yeah kid. no i totally get that. but yeah. i i hunted with a compound off and on and to, you know for for 50 you know 15 years and um so you know it's not like i was super anti or anything it's just i, I don't know it's just a and so when i thought I thought when these states started, I could just see it coming. I thought when these states started having to control everything, that it would be easy for me to slip in and be like, look, you guys, like, let's, instead of controlling it, let's limit, let's bring it back to traditional archery. Like that, then we don't have to control it, you know? And when Colorado did that a few years ago, I talked to some guys over there and they're like, what, what are you talking about? And I'm like, really? Like this, this isn't a good idea. <laughs> Like, yeah, no. you and then you know, and then it happens in my own state. And man, we put in so much work to try and and to see the other bow hunters be like they would rather have it controlled than that. That is what really yeah. blew it, my mind. Yeah, that, that they say that and we that want it all too. to ourselves. They say, "Oh, you guys want it all to yourself." It's like, no, we want all of you to participate in primitive hunting, and we're not under 
it's not like we're like in fantasy land. We think we're just going to turn the whole state into primitive hunting. Like that's not going to happen. That's a, that's, that is, yeah. but if we could just set aside a couple areas to preserve, uh, hunting for guys that want to have opportunity every year, um, and are willing to use lesser weapons and everyone's capable of it. Everyone can learn to shoot a footlock muzzleloader or a longbow or, or their grandpa's 30, 30 iron sights. Like, why yes. not set yes. aside this, these opportunities in, in all of our states? Um, and there's some guys that have never done that. They're like, that would be great to get grandpa's rifle out or, or longbow out. And yeah, you're going to kill less stuff, but you're going to get to go back there next year and you can take your nephew and your cousin and your grandpa. And um, it just seems like I don't, I don't see why guys keep digging their hills in. Um, and, and get, make it so by personal, like the personal attack on, on, on their, uh, uh, equipment. It's, it's, it's not, it's not the point Like they're missing the point and, completely. Yeah. And I, I honestly, like some of these guys are like, no, there's just t- too much government intrusion, whatever. Like I get it. Like I hate the government yes. saying stuff, but like my argument is, is like, guys, hunters have been regulating themselves since the days of punt guns with waterfowl. Like that's how we used to hunt waterfowl. Like that was a big deal. Like punt guns on the front of a boat, take a, you know, a whole, like we've always limited ourselves in some capacity. Like we always have done that, like spotlighting, all that stuff. Like if, if the government said you can't spotlight tomorrow, like, is there anybody out there that's like, you're taking my opportunity or like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, we have to, I think all it is is we've let it go for a while. And that's the problem with like some of this new stuff that's coming out that we don't even really, like, I don't think people even realize like some of this thermal imaging stuff that's coming out and like this technology, dude, it's insane. It's insane what people can do in the dead of night, you know? And it's like all this stuff, if we don't get it, it's like trail cameras, man. I started running trail cameras when it was 35 millimeter film yeah. and I had to take it and get it the developed. Buckshot 35. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just all that stuff. It, it, it just, who would have, if you would have told me that I would have got a 4k video off of trail, you know, like it's just insane. Like you, I would have never imagined in back in, the early 2000s that I would ever see stuff like that. And that's where we're at. Like, and that's what worries me is like looking forward. It's like, man, how much crazier is this going to get? And I don't see an end in sight. Like every year there's like just crazy advantages. Like when did Garmin come out with that bow sight? I mean, who would have thought that that was a thing? Like that that was even possible 10 years ago. I wouldn't have ever. And (laughs) yeah, now, yeah, it's just, I'm I'm pretty sure. Soon you'll be like Bluetooth to your cell phone and you will have a GPS drop of where that animal was standing, a GPS drop of where you were standing and then recommended like, forget learning how to track and trail. Like you'll have some app that'll do that for you. I mean, that's where we're headed and it sounds far fetched, but I don't think it is. No, dude. Like if you guys look through this new Swarovski spotting scope, the rangefinder, there is literally an app you can click. Like if you were across a Canyon, you can literally click that rangefinder. It will take you right to that point. When you get like, you could go over there in the dark of the night, be right to that point. You shot like wow. thousand yards wow. away. No problem. Walks you right to it. 
Like, wow, dude, this and like th- this kind of stuff, like it's available now, like, and it's become like, and that's going to be mainstream. I think, uh, I just heard, I think is it Bushnell or maybe it was Burris. They're releasing infrared technology, like infrared binoculars. Like it's going to be mainstream. And once everybody has that in their hands, do you think they're going to want to give it up? It'll be the same thing nope. as trail cameras. We'll fight, you and, know, and, and guys will say, well, uh, it's ethical. Like the, the animals deserve us to use every piece of technology possible. And it's like, really? Yeah. I don't write yeah, my... I agree. Yeah, and I am so right there. And, and it's, uh, historically, uh, hunting has always been hunting. It, it wasn't killing, it, you know, the, the old, we call it hunting, not killing. And, and historically we, we've always had, you know, less than a 20% success rate on, on all weapons across the board. And you look at the success rates now, um, it's insane. And it's, it's not just the, the, um, the long range rifle or bow, it's, it's all, it's everything. The conglomeration of the trail camera, the infrared, the, the Onyx. GPS, like sharing waypoints on yeah. Onyx. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and uh, at some point we're, we're just going to get to talk about hunting and, never, and not even get to go. Yeah. And that's what worries me, man. And like, you really start breaking it down. Like, and you're talking about Onyx. I mean, dude, clothing, like the things that have changed in the past 15, 20 years, it's mind blowing. Like it honestly is totally mind blowing. Like how much better off we are like where we're headed, you know, where we're headed is like three day seasons. Like you get three, like you're going to draw a three day. There's going to be like, like October 1st to the third, the fourth through the seventh. The eight, you know, and you're, yep. you're going to like draw your, your slot and you're going to show up with all your technic, you know, all your technology and you're going to, you're going to try to apply it and see if you can get it done in two or three days. I mean, that's, that's where we're headed. If, if we're going to continue to advance. Yep, exactly. I, I want more, I want more than three days in the field. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> me too. Yep. Well, it, it gives me hope. It gives me hope seeing, I mean, Arizona completely get rid of them. Like the whole year, it's not like, yep. I mean, that was like, I could not believe that in a state that had, I mean, trophy hunting, uh, you know, I mean, you don't, there are no bigger bulls in Arizona, desert state. Like it's just, it, it gave me hope. And then, you know, Nevada obviously was first. Now we got Arizona. Now Utah, I feel like is taking some steps in the right direction. And hopefully there's enough guys like us out there, whether you're a stick bow shooter or, rifle hunter, muzzleloader guy or whatever that want to go hunting and realize what's happening. And that's why these conversations I, are awesome to have. And, and I uh, sold my, my 18 trail cameras, uh, years ago, um, for my own personal reasons. I just wanted to put the, the excitement back into hunting and, and the wonder and like, look at that big track. Like, I wonder who this, this big track yeah. belongs to. And I'm going to have to be out there to see, like, I'm not going to have a camera yep. trap to, to figure it out. Like, um, and you stop using woodsmanship skills and you start using battery operated devices. And well, so it's I like, since I got rid of the right camera, is that bad? No, it's not bad <laughs> at all, Bob. Like, I, I don't care what, don't tell I, anybody. I just, I just chose, 
I just chose for myself, like I found myself getting lazier with trail cameras and I thought I would have more fun. I mean, did I hunt for fun and meat and, you know, you know, all the reasons we're all hunting for, but I just was like, this is for me, the camera, like, was like, Oh, there's no bucks in this area. It's like, well, wait a minute. There's a buck track right there. Like, um, and so I've been honing in my tracking and, and trailing and, and, um, uh, woodsmanship skills more so, uh, because I limited myself to, to not knowing taking inventory per se, you know, and that's, that's just like on a, uh, a self limiting thing, but, um, you know, I'm, gl- I'm, all- I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. That, Cause that is so important, man. Like I want my kids, I was thinking about that. Like I want my kids to learn woodsmanship skills. Like I don't want them to think hunting is like, e-scouting or setting up trail cameras like i really want them to like you know like how important is that and that stuff is all dying like it really i feel like it's all dying and it gets worse every year that you can get by with less woodsmanship skills every year that goes by you can just get by with a little less and less because there's like all these things you can fall back on or like to rely on you know and and, And, and guys don't even know how to yeah, guys don't even like once the, if there's not blood on the ground, they're like, oh, I think he's still alive. You know, like, yeah. like let's let's do a grid search. Let's bring in nine people and do a grid search. And it's like, well, did you try trailing the animal to where? It, well, no, he wasn't right where I last seen him, and there's no blood on the ground, so I'm going to call in nine people and 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 it's like, well, like his track is right there. Like, did you think about following that? Um, it's crazy um, that uh, that people don't even consider uh, tracking and trailing anymore. That it's just like a lost. It seems to be a totally a lost uh, tool in the toolbox amongst most hunters. Yep. All right, I want to talk about one more thing. I know your time's precious. Yeah. Here. You're packing snow. Well, a couple more, I guess. Is there going to be any deer left? Yeah, in no the neck of the woods after this winter. Man, it's bad. Like I'm really getting nervous. So in 1617, um, it was, uh, you know, kind of come in, it was a weird fall. Like back then in 1617, it was kind of a light winter. I actually had some snow plowing contracts, like up in these subdivisions that I go and plow out these entire subdivisions. And man, I'm sitting there in 16. I remember like right before Christmas, I was like, Oh, what a waste. I should have had my loader out on dirt jobs like I shouldn't have been sitting up here waiting for snow it was kind of a it was just a rough year it started out we didn't get any snow and man when it came well this year it's like doing the exact same thing uh right before Christmas we really didn't have a whole bunch of snow like it really wasn't bad but it has been just one storm after another um I live like right on deer winter range like right just above me um 6,000 feet. It's as low as the deer can go. Like the valley floors, 6,000. Um, go, I've got at least two feet of snow in my yard. Like it's piling up and it has been snowing all day today. It's getting pretty wild. And I think we got storms lined up for the next little while. I've been kind of looking at some of the other winter ranges, um, in some surrounding states and yeah, it's getting deep. It makes me nervous. So we'll see what happens. I guess time will tell. It's still kind of early but I'm worried with the drought year they had, um, we had kind of a, I, they did go into winter. I've heard some fact 
counts were pretty good on a lot of the deer. Like their fat content was up quite a ways um, on their pre-winter. Um, and we're talking studies, Idaho, but, right? Yeah, so southeast Idaho, northern Utah. Like I'm right down in the triangle. So like I can be in Wyoming in uh, less than an hour. I can be in Utah. It's like borders uh, three miles from my house. So I'm like right there. You're in the mule deer Mecca. And they're getting pounded this one. Yeah, it's a good spot. It's a good spot to be. Yeah, it's a good, great spot to be. That's for sure for the old year. So, well, hopefully they make it. Yeah. I know before that sixteen seventeen, I spent a couple years down there, and it was incredible. And then you know we went back it, a few years it after, was, man. and it was just like, yeah. So I, we didn't go last year, and I was just starting to hear maybe some good things, and then this happens. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I've been keeping an eye on it. Yeah, it's it been rough. It's been a yeah, we our numbers are still down, you know. Like it was it was kind of interesting this year. I felt like numbers were kind of coming back up. We were starting to see, you know, just more does and fawns on the landscape. Like we're still missing that age class of like older bucks. Like that was definitely evident. Like you just like finding anything older is super hard, but it was kind of coming back and now I'm like really nervous. I actually saw some deer yesterday i'm kind of down by my house and god they were in snow past their briskets like i'm like oh geez it's got bad sign all over it but we'll see well hopefully it's hopefully they hang in there and then um i also wanted to talk so last year when they had that thing i know utah sportsmen's for fish and wildlife's a big deal down there and we've had a couple you know old time trad guys on and we talked a little bit about them and you know, a lot of bad things get said about them, you know, privatizing wildlife and, you know, there's all kinds of stuff with all the tags, all those raffle tags and stuff at the expo. And yeah, you hear a lot of bad things, but then you see them put out something like that, you know, totally supportive of putting the hunt back and hunting and getting rid of baiting and trail cameras. And it seems the complete opposite of what that organization is. Um, I mean, do you have any insider insight on yeah. kind of what they're doing? I'd love so to hear. I could I can touch on that. Like, so one sportsman for fish and wildlife definitely been a big player in Utah. Um, they've really kind of, you know, dedicated themselves to Utah. Um, basically kind of focused just on Utah. Um, there was some leadership um, years ago that I don't know if it really aligned with a lot of people's standards, but the current um, leadership they have there now, um, I know Troy Justison personally. Um, I think he's just a heck of a guy. I really do. I think he's in it for the right reasons. Um, I That was probably Troy you heard in that meeting that actually stood up and talked about we need to put the hunt back in hunting um, was mentioned. And, you know, he was kind of, behind some of that like at least you know offering support um yeah i think there was some older members uh sportsman for fish and wildlife um you know chapter members whatever um that kind of they pushed I, i'll be honest i disagreed with them a lot of their things they've done in years past like they're kind of some of the big reasons um limited entry elk units come about but then again, some of me is like, well, I don't know. I, it did probably improve quality, but I think there there has to be a fine line. And I do think Sportsman for Fish and Wildlife as an organization, and I can't really speak for them, but I do think, at least in my opinion, I see 
them kind of coming around to some of this stuff and being more willing to, you know, they were a big supporter of uh, the ham seasons. Um, so that kind of stuff's really good. And I, I know there was some talk about they wanted to take away uh, spike elk hunting. So that's kind of a big thing in Utah. It's kind of a family thing. So they allow, you can just, it's over the counter. You can go buy spike elk tags and hunt all these limited entry units. Well, there was some talk about taking that away and sportsman for fish and wildlife. I kind of was thinking back then they were going to support that and they didn't, they, I mean, they kind of put their foot down and was like, no, this is a big deal. Um, we need to provide that opportunity. So I don't know. Yeah. And we talk about the conservation permits process. That's kind of a, I don't know, that, that's a fine line. I know that one thing I have to say that's pretty impressive is watching Utah with their habitat work. Man, they are spending so much money on habitat, on range improvement projects, um, juniper removal. Like, we're seeing that all over the state. And that funding really does come from those conservation permits. So I don't know what the answer is there. Yeah. I... I have kind of mixed feelings about it. You know, there's some of me that's like those tags should be the public. And I mean, but then again, if they can take one tag, uh, raise $30,000, dump it right back in and put it in habitat work and stuff. I don't know. Maybe it is the right answer, but it's, it's just an interesting thing. Sportsman for fish and wildlife. I don't know. Lately, I sure feel like they've made a, uh, I'm pretty impressed with them, to be honest. I think the new leadership they have in there has been really good, and I'm I'm really excited to see them kind of bringing up some of this opportunity stuff and not being, you know, a lot of people classified them as, oh, they're only for the the rich guy, they're out for the rich guy, they're out for the, you know, whatever. And I just don't think that's the case. I really believe. I think they they have I think they have the best of intentions. I really do. Uh, I was just. I was blown away to see that, you know, that stuff come from them when we have all these bow hunting and traditional bow hunting organizations that are just, you know, whisper quiet on all this stuff and to see them, them come out. Was, you know, and, wow. yeah, yeah. And I think what it is too, I've noticed this with like the Mule Deer Foundation. Um, some of these organizations are so scared to, to bring up like, I, I don't know if they're worried about offending members um, or if they're worried about, um, like, uh, fallback, you know. But, like, when that whole baiting band comes in, and I don't know, and there's a lot of people all over the place on the baiting thing. But my personal opinion is, like, out west, we don't need to bait. Like, there's we can see animals. It's not like we have a population that's out of control and we can't harvest them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things. But, like. They would never get behind. They would never, the Mule Deer Foundation would never, ever come out and and do anything about it. I mean, they never come out and supported it one way or the other. It was almost like they were, I think it was. I think, in my opinion, is they were scared to make um, a statement. And Sportsman for Fish and Wildlife come right out and said, this is probably the best thing for wildlife. Um, probably shouldn't have baiting. It's not needed. And it, I mean, there was a lot of members that got super upset. There was, I know it was a big ordeal. I heard scuttle that there was guys in their organization that said they're going to quit. They're never going to participate with them again. And they were just like, well, at the end of the day, it's the right thing for hunting. 
And that's what I wish conservation organizations would do. Is like, just at the end of the day, is this a step in the right direction? Is this a good thing yeah. or is this a bad yes. thing? Yeah. You know, that's, and I don't think Sportsman for Fish and Wildlife really took a stance on the trail camera thing. I don't know if they, I think as he kind of, I think he actually went around with the, with the division's original, um, what they recommended, but he did bring up like, we need to like we have to look at all this stuff like technology all this stuff comes to play and we have to be willing to like look at it as hunters we just for the better good we really have to come to the table and like how can we make this better how can we provide some more opportunity and and really the goals that we're all striving for is you know to maybe it's there's somewhere they 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 intersect like that opportunity the quality um, the experience, you know, all that, we just have to come to an agreement and not everybody's going to align, but I really think we could all work on, you know, coming to the table and be willing, like as a long range hunter, like if you're a diehard long range hunter, you know, maybe be willing to, I don't know, make, come to the table and like, how could we make this work? I, I that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Travis, we agree a hundred percent. We appreciate your time and like I think I posted on your stuff, it's like it means so much coming from a guy that's not a trad elitist like ourselves. Because anytime we bring up, <laughs> man, we just get a rash of crap. Well, because- I think well, I, I think a lot of us could come together, man. And I, yeah. I really do. Whether it's, you know from all sides, and I mean, and recognize that, gal, you know, maybe it is. Maybe we do need to limit ourselves a little bit, and you know, and we could probably take a page out of the trad guys book like how you know look what they've done like you know they're still i don't know i just think that's an important thing and i think if we all just kind of understood each other and tried to hear each other out and i and i truthfully believe too a lot of people don't realize that all these technological improvements over the years they have this effect like they're they're taking your opportunity and you might not see it it's not like you see it overnight you know but over time I mean, well, and that's just, the problem. Happens, a lot of the younger you know? guys, like you said, they weren't around when there wasn't range finders. You know, it's only been the last yep. 20 years or whatever. And so they don't even, they think it's just the norm. And it's like, no, we, you know, big difference. They, they also yeah. weren't around like guys, like I, like I'm lucky to get an opportunity on an elk. You know, if I get one opportunity after hunting for 14 days or whatever in a 30 day season, like that's, you know, that's something where, the guys that were hunting in the eighties and nineties were like, man, we were getting opportunities every other day. Um, you know, exactly. I think the game has changed and we, we have to all come together and we have to give in, give a little to get more, you know, less is more. And, um, somehow we have to get on the same page with that. And, and then it's, there's the dynamics of, of all of our uh, brothers and sisters that hunt in the Midwest and the East coast that have these giant, abundant populations of white-tailed deer and hogs to hunt and they they're like well what's why do you guys have to be such assholes and it's like yeah mule deer don't respond like a white-tailed deer or a rocky mountain elk don't like we don't have these giant populations because if we did we wouldn't be having these conversations yep and i think i dude i think that's a big thing too is like trying to educate them like i have some buddies 
out out east, you know, and they're always asking me, like, why is this such in fact I had one message me um this morning. He's like, Why is this such a big deal? Like, is that a good thing that they're taking trail cameras? I like, I'm thinking that sucks, you know, like that's horrible. And I'm like, Well, I said from my perspective, you know, and you just kinda explain to it but they're not used to they're not dealing with a whole bunch of public land and they're not dealing with populations that really aren't that great. Like our mule deer, I mean, honestly, across the West, they're declining. They really have been for a number of years. I, I, they're just not dealing with the same stuff. So trying to educate them too, as to like how things are on the ground, I think it's kind of mind, it kind of opens their eyes a little bit. Yeah. Surprise them. Yeah. They don't get it until they try to get a tag out here. <laughs> yeah, and for then, sure. And then they realize, you know, we got friends that were were coming out to your state, you know, uh, and and enjoying uh, family trips, uh, hunting trips for for generations, and now they can't even, you know, get a tag. And so they, they're like, "Wow, okay, I, I get it." Was like, that Drew with Elway? <laughs> Yeah, that might be one of them. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say because I was talking with him a little bit about it. He was pissed, like the whole, you know, like yeah, that's a good point. Like the whole Idaho thing. Like man, you used to be able to just roll up. I mean, honestly, you could roll up the day before season, stop at any gas station, buy a tag, and just go hunting. It was no big deal. And now, yeah, I had like, some, I had some guys, friends from work. A lot of guys in our state, you know, we're in Oregon. They would, you know, they would hunt here. And then they could just hop across, you know, mid-season and go buy a tag and hunt there. And so that was always their yep. backup plan. And, and you know, not just guys back east. It, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. had some friends it's, a few years back. They went and set up their wall tent, cut their firewood, got their groceries done, then went to get their tags in Idaho. And they were like, yeah, those have been gone for months, fellas. They were like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> yeah, that's tough. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like, that's well, an we thought, camping trip. Yeah, and and it's uh, it, it really is how how it's become. Um, like here, even here in Oregon, all our all our good uh, units where you could go hunt elk. It's now you're going to have to get a tag, and you're going to be stuck in that unit only. There's no roaming around the state. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, trying to avoid the pressure. Um, you're you're going to be uh, in in one spot and. You got to make do. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what, what the answer is, but I do like, uh, the idea of setting aside a few areas, uh, um, for the whole, the whole calendar year where you, you got a guy hunting with a open sight rifle and then a, a footlock muzzle loader and a, and a traditional bow in whatever order. Um, because then you, you'll see those populations, um, less animals will, will be pulled from them and you'll get a better, age class of animals and and uh, create a better uh, hunting experience uh, for those that want to participate i think it'd be awesome man i think it'd be just one of those things like i think if we gave it an honest effort i think it could probably catch on and i i think there could be a lot of benefits like no matter what where you sit like i mean if you're kind of a trophy hunter or an opportunity guy like there's benefits there for everybody like i just i really think just one of those things like we could all come together on it and if we gave it an honest effort i'd just love to see it like a state somewhere it work out and just give it an honest shot yeah man put the hunt back in hunting and you might have to hunt a little harder yep what's 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 wrong with that exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah. 
Awesome. awesome. Well, no, you really appreciate awesome. your. We, we really appreciate your time. Is there anything you want to leave us uh, in closing that we might have missed, or any anything you want to uh, put out there to our audience? No, I don't think so. I just I think more than anything, I think if all of us can kind of come together, whether you're a rifle guy, muzzleloader guy, archery guy, whatever, like I really think like some of this stuff, like when it comes to technology, if we could all kind of talk about this and you know start bringing this up to our local agencies and, you know, and maybe we got to give, you know, whatever, but if we could somehow come up with some of these ideas, I don't know. It just, I think it'd be a better future for everybody. So that's about it. Yeah. I concur. And I just want to re reiterate that, you know, me and Bob, yeah, we, we, we pound our drum a lot and we love traditional archery, but we're hunting with guys with comp- that hunt with compounds, our friends and our family, use all weapons and you know i take my daughter out rifle hunting like we love hunting um and we're we're in no way shape or form thinking that we're just going to turn bow hunting into traditional only but it is a management tool that should be implemented here and there for sure yep next time we'll get you on we'll talk about some mule pack and i wanted to i wanted to talk about mule pack and wild horses today but we didn't have time so next time <laughs> hey, sounds good, man. I'm all about the mule stuff, so let me know. <laughs> all right, brother. Keep in touch. Have a good one, man. Okay. Once again, thanks for supporting the podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Uh, we've been on and off here and there, but, you know, it's hard to uh, maintain podcasting when you have hunting seasons. Uh, now the seasons have come to a an end. We will try to get back on the horn and bring you guys more content. Uh I hope you guys are all having a safe and wonderful time with your families this holiday season. Keep the wind in your face, pick a spot, and shoot straight. My head is full of wanderlust, my quiver is full of hope. I've got the urge to walk the prairie and chase the antelope. Aspen's gold on snow-capped peaks, the elk call me away. Can't keep my mind on working on this fine September day. I've got Nimrod neurosis, longbows on the brain. I'm an outdoor junkie through and through, hunts my middle name. My eyes are on the target, broadheads all fly true. Can't wait till I can get outside so I can fling a few. Through and through, hunts my middle.